Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Risk with Dr. Naveen Agarwal. Each week we talk about a topic related to risk management of medical devices in a very casual and informal way. This is not a webinar or lecture, rather our goal is to talk about key topics and challenges in a very informal way and share best practices. I'm your host Naveen Agarwal and I'm the principal and founder at Achieve where my personal mission is to help you achieve success in risk management. My guest in this episode is Vincent Cafiso and we are talking about inspection readiness. Vincent has many years of experience at the US FDA as an investigator and also in leadership roles in many different medical device companies. So he's the best person to talk about inspection readiness, what it means, what are the benefits and how it relates to the overall culture of quality in an organization. We had this discussion in front of a live audience as part of our LinkedIn live audio series. You're about to hear a recording of our conversation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Guys, today is going to have a very interesting conversation. Uh, and my guest today is Vincent Cafiso, who was at the FDA, and then he also was at many different organizations. So he has seen both sides of the story. And we're going to talk about inspection readiness. Why that is important? What does it look like? Why should we care? And how does it relate to risk? So we're going to have a very interesting conversation about this. But guys, as you know, uh, it is useful only when all of you also participate. And the way it works is that we will talk for about 15 minutes or so, um, kick off, and then I'll start inviting you guys to participate. Share your perspective, your comments, your questions, best practices, because this conversation is all about learning from each other. So I hope you will enjoy. Uh, and with that, I'm going to welcome Vin. Uh, Vin, thanks for joining. Uh, please start by introducing yourself to our audience briefly. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you, Naveen. Uh, thanks to everyone who's joining us today. Uh, first off, I just want to say how grateful I am uh, for this opportunity to be here with you, Naveen. Um, I've been a huge admirer of your work. Uh, in the risk management space, uh, and whenever I think of risk, I think of you. Uh, actually, the other day I was painting my front door, and I leaned a little bit too far off the ladder. <laughs> and when I stepped off the ladder, I I, I put my foot down on a wet uh, a wet paintbrush, and I thought to myself, "Hmm, what would Naveen be thinking about this situation?" <laughs> yeah, risk is so, part of our daily life, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. So you know, I think I speak for a lot of people here today. You know, joining us that that. You know, my Fridays would be really, really boring without the Let Us Talk Risk um, platform here. So I want to extend a huge thank you to you. And I hope that we can get a virtual round of applause for, for Naveen for providing us with such a such an amazing platform and a forum to discuss so many important topics. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, this is great. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. No, it, it's great. It really is. And and just just thank you, you know, just just such such gratitude for for what you do, and uh, the fact that you know we get to talk here, not just me and you talking, but you know, eventually we're going to be talking to everybody here and right. hearing from people, and I'm going to be learning, and I'm looking forward to this. So, um, and you know, this topic of inspection readiness, um, you know, it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart, and honestly, I mean, it it really kind of forms the almost the basis of my consultancy because it's what I love to work with my clients on. Uh, you know, a little bit about me. I mean, I've, I've been in this industry for like 30 years. Um, I started my career as an investigator for the 
for the United States Food and Drug Administration. Um, gosh, I, I can, can probably conducted several hundred inspections of medical device and diagnostic uh, manufacturers, design facilities, sterilization facilities, distribution facilities, those kinds of things. And really, you know, helping them become inspection ready, uh, you know, whether or not they liked it. Um, yeah. But after I left FDA, um, I really worked very hard to achieve the same very, you know, the, the same state of inspection readiness for the sites that I worked for, you know, uh, well, hundreds probably of sites from all the companies that I've worked for and all the sites that they that they were uh, owning. And so I also have, have, have been doing a lot of work with suppliers. Um, so all told, I mean, gosh, mm-hmm. probably close to a thousand inspections, gap analyses, due diligence assessments, internal audits, sister site audits, yeah, supplier audits, those kinds of things. And, you know, they probably resulted in many thousands of inspectional observations, not conformities, findings, or, you know, whatever synonym you like to use, uh-huh. uh, you know, to describe a non-compliance for the regulation or standard. So, um, again, just topic that I love to talk about and, and you know, happy to happy. To That's really awesome. Yeah. So what, what I was curious to uh, kind of ask you, Ben, is uh, going back to your FTA days, uh, as, as you said, you have done many inspections. When you walk into a company's... Um, facilities, offices, uh, does something stand out to you in terms of indicating are they ready for you or not? Are they, do they show good inspection readiness or do they show bad inspection readiness? What stands out to you? Yeah, that, that's a great question because a lot of people might think, well, oh, um, you know, they didn't stage the documents properly or they haven't done a good job with their audiovisual, you know, pre- presenting their, you know, th- their company um, you know, information or, you know, um, whatever, you know, there's, there's the, what I would refer to as like inspection management. But to me, that, that isn't what jumps out at me when I first really, you know, get get to know, or, 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 you know, even in my inspection days where I really just was walking right in the door, not knowing anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I really, I really hone in on Initially, anyway, you know that that first contact is really what is the culture like here? What is the is there a quality culture, right? Like, mm-hmm. do do employees seem to have good relationships with one another, right? Is there a healthy amount of them discussing things? And you know, a lot of times in an inspection, you're not going to see like the uh, you know conflict resolution, you know, happening in front of an investigator. But you know, really more so when I made my way into industry, that I realized that. Avoidance of conflict is actually a bad thing, mm-hmm. and you, you know. So, looking at those kinds of things, you know, do do you know? Again, as an, as an investigator, I would talk to employees, and I would I would ask them to talk about what they're doing, and do they know how their actions impact quality, or do they know how their actions could potentially result in something uh, going wrong for a customer, you know, for a patient. So I really, really drill down. His initial initial contact, like I said, is really all about, um, you know, like I said, all about all about the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time, I, I, and this kind of stuck with me when I was an investigator. I was talking to somebody, and I was kind of drilling down with 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 her about about exactly what we're talking about here. You know, do they know about how their impact, you know, their actions impact quality and. Um, this one, this one woman, I never forget. She said, "Well, I I walk around every every aspect of my job, and she, you know, mentioned things that she did. She was an inspector, and so she did inspections of 
in, in process and final device acceptance. Mm-hmm. And she said, I want to make sure that every product that goes out the door is going to be perfect to be used on a family member. Mm-hmm. Right. So tying so that to me, that's such a strong quality culture because not only did she know exactly how her, her actions impact the quality, but she, she was thinking about the customers as a family member. Right. And so, right. So th- th- that's really where I start. I really start with that. I think that a lot of people would automatically go right into, um, like I said, inspection management, you know, do we have a good front room? Do we have a good back room? Or, you know, let's jump in and do a gap analysis, identifying what criteria we have to comply with. And let's do a gap analysis and let's yeah. close all of those gaps, right? And form a project team that we're going to have a scrum every day at eight o'clock, right? Like that's the blocking and tackling. And, and that's all really, really important stuff uh-huh. when we're talking about inspection readiness as like a full comprehensive plan, a comprehensive program. But I think what underpins it is, 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 is a quality culture. Yeah. And, and I think risk management too, and, and how, and how risk underpins every single system of, 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 of the quality system. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is an awesome point you are making is that inspection readiness is not like, you know, just being ready for the inspection aspect of the management aspect of it, but way of life, like how do we treat quality as a way of life, as part of our culture in the organization? I mean, I'm thinking of like, you know, let's say you are a, you're a runner and I'm a runner. So I'm thinking about, let's say you're going to uh, you're run a big race. Uh, in, the readiness for that race actually begins far in advance. It's not like you show up one day and say, you know, I have great shoes, you know, I have the great gear and here you go, I'm going to go run this race. But when you see these people, let's say you you watch someone run a great race, it shows on their face how comfortable they are, even though it's painful. So I guess you would probably feel it in the air. You will feel it in the environment, on people's faces. It's not a test. It's more like an examination of what's going on and maybe opportunities to learn. I think that's, you might get a feeling like that. That's what I'm thinking. Yes. Yeah, and and it's great that you use the you know the, the, that analogy. Uh, I've I've run a triathlon, so um, not a, not a full one, <laughs> um, an Olympic distance triathlon, and I had in like you said, you know, it doesn't start that morning. Yeah, it starts it starts month. For me, it started a year ahead of time, and I had run that triathlon like a dozen times before the day of the triathlon, and. That really, that really is the essence of inspection readiness. You have such confidence because you know your systems are compliant. You know your people, you know have that have the culture. You know that they're the type of you know that you have the type of culture that people are going to do the right thing when nobody's looking, mm-hmm. and you know they're going to follow their procedures. They're going to speak up if they mm-hmm. see that something's not right. Um, and, and and that confidence, you know, they, they you have the SMEs with the utmost knowledge and experience of the issues that they're that they're presenting on, right? They're the practice. They they have that, you know, maybe through a mock inspection with somebody like myself who you know yeah. can 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 question them and can quote unquote interrogate them and see how they act and and give them that that training, right? And all of that really is kind of pulling it all together at, at the end of the day where they are so confident. That's and, like and they're a, able to Yeah, that's like preparing for it. And what I'm thinking what I'm yeah. feeling here is that the real business case for inspection readiness is not to pass 
the inspection. The real business case is, can we be efficient, right? Because if we don't waste time, if we are confident, if we are answering questions well, if we are providing information, and we are demonstrating by our actions and how we present ourselves that we do have a culture of quality, I would think, I'm guessing, um, and would love to hear from you, that the investigator or the auditor will also, you know, their job will be easier, not difficult. Right, so the business case would be really efficiency and also effectiveness of the whole thing. Right, right. Having you know, having a having a good, solid inspection writer quality system with, most importantly, the the right people who know what to do and who are trained and, and who have the experience to to deal with what what needs to be dealt with. Right, that confidence is going to basically be portrayed through any inspection, through any audit, and it not only gets you through an inspection or an audit, but it, it it makes sure that, again, when we talk about speak up, right, if you have some of these experts that are doing these jobs and initially, you know, a process may have been written at a point in time by somebody who maybe wasn't fully um, aware of, of what needed to be done and we're con continuing to make this process consistent, right? So people mm -hmm. who speak up, who can raise their hand and say, hey, I have a better way to do this, right? Yeah. And so that's all part of that culture, right? To make people realize like, hey, your value, your opinion is going to matter because it's going to result in a quality system that's better, more consistent, more reproducible, yeah. um, where we can actually do do what we need to do to prevent product mix-ups, to prevent recalls, to prevent complaints, right? But then if we do have complaints, we have a system. And we handle it people, as a team. Yeah, we handle it. We handle it as a team, right? And we prevent these things from, you know, getting out of control. Yeah. Um, and then again, during an inspection, right? The the way that you're portraying yourself in that inspection with that confidence, because you've been there, done that, that kind of a that kind of a confidence, really, where you can let the investigator know, like, hey, we're experts here. We know everything that we that we should know. We do this every day. We are consistent. And there's nothing to see here. Let's move on, right? And that's yeah. kind of how you want to attack every single subsystem as it's being audited, as it's being inspected, and as you move on to each one. Yeah, you don't leave any questions, you know, so, in mind. You keep moving on. So, well, I think you know, having said all this, I, I I think it makes a lot of sense. But let's acknowledge that in real life, there is still a feeling of fear and dread when it comes to inspections and audits. How do we move forward in creating sort of a you know, culture and understanding like, you know, hey, we want to be in a place where we say, bring it on, we are ready. How do we transition from where we are today, you know, an environment of culture and dread to an environment where we are confident? Do you, do you have any kind of insight on that? Well, there's no, there's no getting around, right? There's, there's this concept of, you know, when, when we're just us, you know, at the table, there's no inspectors, there's no investigators, there's no notified body assessors, you know, we're just here doing our day-to-day, -day, there's less stress, right? Mm -hmm. We kind of just know that we could just do this. Nobody's watching. No, in reality, everybody's watching because documentation lives forever. Mm -hmm. But when you can have employees who are used to being observed and who are comfortable and actually even confident and mm -hmm. given the opportunity to describe or to talk about what they're doing and why they're doing it, and, you know, Honestly, that only comes with, first off, you know, we mentioned the mock inspection. That's just a blip, right? That's just yeah. a, a moment. That's just a week in time, right? Yeah. But you have to set up 
a, a, a routine program where people are being observed and it could it doesn't have to be called an audit it could become it could be called some sort of an in-process check or something very basic yeah where you know operators uh, from say production observe QC inspectors and then QC inspectors oh. go and they observe people at incoming inspection who don't work with them right so you have everyone being able to observe everyone else and they become really comfortable with people watching them. And this, again, could be a very informal, could be something that happens once a week, once a month, but it's a routine, it's consistency that's built in, and they're able I love to it. explain. Yeah, okay, yeah. I love it. And they're able to feel confident. And again, our, our purpose here is not to say, hey, we're going to watch you unless you screw up, until you screw up and say, hey, this is what you did wrong. But we're going to watch you together because our yeah, purpose is learn. to... Yeah, you know, I you know, I've sat through yeah. these training uh, classes where um, you go through an example uh, where the same thing is being seen by two different people in two different ways, and that's the essence of it. Like one person cannot absorb all the information; it's kind of a buddy system. So I love this. I love this you know aspect of a cultural aspect of inspection readiness. And I think what I want to do when this is a great great kind of segue for us to start inviting our audience to share their thoughts. And guys, uh, this is a very open, casual forum. So don't feel like you have to ask a question. Uh, make sure you are also ready to share your perspective, your views. What has worked for you? And where do you find some challenges as you think about inspections and audits? So the floor is open. Please uh, indicate to me by raising your hand virtually. David, you are on. Uh, I will bring you on. So uh, I will start bringing you guys on and uh, make sure you just, you know, are ready to just share whatever you have in mind. So, David, with that, uh, please uh, share what you have in mind today. Thank you. Thank you, Naveen. Vincent, this is fascinating. I love listening to you talk. Um, it seems like the recurring theme over and over, Naveen, is the challenges that we have are pretty simple. They're about people talking, collaboration. They're mm -hmm. about like you said, two people essentially speaking the same language, right? Are we, we're looking at this thing. If you see a boat and I see an airplane, it, yeah. you know, it's, it seems like those are the issues we have. So my question is one, do you kind of confirm that's a challenge? And second of all, do you know of, or, or can you speak to some formal methods to combine these things, which are conceptual and analog and you know, on one hand, and then very digital on the other hand. How how do you do? You have any thoughts on that? Go ahead, Vin. If you yes. have some thoughts to share. Yeah, this is a great question, and and you know, David, I really do. Oh, first of all, thank you for for what you said. I, I appreciate your your kind words. Um, I I loved the, the the concept, and I talked a little bit about it earlier. Is 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 people right, and and the way people interact with one another, and again, making people comfortable with being observed and part of that is the interchange it's not just somebody standing there with a clipboard watching the other person like Naveen said you know waiting for them to to mess up it's the person with the clipboard first of all there is no clipboard right mm -hmm. the person who is just trying to understand right and and they're there and so I always try to always trying to tell people you know come into a situation with the intention of learning something right, right? not the intention of Telling somebody that they didn't already know, but you're coming into a situation where you didn't already know something and have that open mind, almost like a cup that's open and you're coming into the into that situation with an open cup, 
and you're you're hoping that by the time you leave that 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 interchange, that cup is going to be full. Nice. And so, when especially in in organizations like you said, it's so easy to for for two people to hear the same thing and walk out of that room with a different idea in their mind or a different experience, right? Yeah. All of our the way that we interpret things that we hear are all based on our past experiences. And so you have to really make sure that, you know, when you're talking to people that you leave, you know, you don't leave without both fully understanding what, Mm -hmm. you know, what is, you know, you know, what was the understanding, especially, you know, if we tie it back into, uh, you know, inspection readiness, right. Well, having a gap assess or gap analysis, which results in this huge action plan, right. And you're trying to establish the who does what by when, right? Because that's mm-hmm. where the rubber hits the road. Mm-hmm. And if you're not clear about the who and the <laughs> doing what by when, right? The what is so important because you may say, well, update that procedure, right? Or yeah. Create that procedure or make that, am- make that procedure less ambiguous. Yeah. Right? The person may leave the room and completely go off on a tangent that yeah. you didn't expect. So, so, right? So you really have to have to make sure that you have a good ability to talk and do not avoid conflict. I, I've worked in mm-hmm. organizations where there was almost a deliberate avoidance of conflict and it was the worst culture ever. And then I worked in some organizations and in one in particular, it was an IVD where it was almost like a sport. <laughs> if, yeah. we can, if we can, you know, wrestle around ideas mentally and, and verbally, but not in a not in a hurtful way, but in a way to say, I don't understand what you're saying. Well, yeah, here's what I'm saying. And and wrestling it and don't be afraid don't be afraid of, of, of that conflict so, because it's going to result in, in the results that you're looking for. So hearing you say this, when I'm also sensing that there's a leadership component to it, right? As as leaders in organization, we also have to set the tone and create an environment where people are uh, they are not afraid to speak up. They're not afraid to engage with the right intent. I know we're going to have a lot of conversation about this. So Rahul, uh, you are waiting very patiently. I want to invite you to unmute your mic and share what you have in mind now. Go ahead, Rahul. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you for this uh, conversation. And uh, I hear from both of you and David question also. My query, my question is relevant to that uh, uh, why we should go for a readiness? My my question is different because every day if we are working on a, a right way, everything we are doing as per our procedures and we are doing everything on time and real time activities, mm-hmm. then why we, we prepare additionally for a, any any audit? If we are compiling with a, a requirement of FDN or any uh, regulatory throughout the world. That's an excellent yes. point. Yeah, you're saying like, what is the need to do something extra? So, when I think it'll be nice to clarify exactly what we mean by inspection readiness here. Yeah, no, Rahul, well, that's a great question because you're like, well, hey, I'm good, right? I, I don't, I don't have any problems. We have good procedures. We've done gap analyses. We we don't have any gaps, and we should be fine, right? But there is there is other things that that you have to really be focused on, and, and I think we touched a lot on the ability for your employees to be observed they're they're not always used to being observed and especially making sure that your employees know exactly what to say to people from the outside to convey that 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 confidence that they know what they're doing 
um, and that they don't share too much information. They share just exactly, you know, the right amount of information um, and maintaining that that routine presence of, of, of inspection readiness through regular in-process checks, like we talked about, observing employees um, and, and, and that consistent monitoring of your QMS feeder systems, uh, you know, to make sure that if you've got complaints coming in, so I guess, know, why are they coming in, that kind of thing. So I guess, I mean, I think we could summarize this like this. It's, it's not an add-on, Rahul. I think in my mind, it's more like practicing. A, a daily yes. practice, a weekly practice, monthly practice, with the intent to get better over time. So, uh, hold that thought. We can come back to it if there's more discussion. But I have uh, several people waiting. And Louis, I'm, yes. I'm really excited to have you on. Please uh, unmute your mic and share what you have in mind. Thank uh, you. Thank you, uh, Naveen uh, and uh, Vincent. Thank, thank you uh, for your. Uh, comments and whatever you said about this subject, uh, it's all very uh, relevant. Uh, I, I have found that uh, inspection readiness is, is in a way a misnomer. Uh, there, there's some great misunderstanding because uh, in my opinion, you know, I, in and out of so many companies, there's a point where people are looking for we're ready, okay? And that point is not necessarily shared by all the parties involved. Mm -hmm. and, and in reality, it's a very difficult, it's a concept that's very difficult to achieve. What, what you can achieve is some confidence in your abilities, mm -hmm. some confidence in your setup, some confidence yeah. in your ability to, to be challenged. But there's never a, a 100% concept here, okay? And, and, and in reality, it's not about a 100% because I can tell you, uh, Vincent can walk into, I can walk into a plant and do an exhaustive inspection. Vincent can follow me and he can pick out two or three major things, okay? And vice mm -hmm. versa. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. you, you know this because, you know, we've done it a hundred times, a hundred times. The point is, were those things so obvious, were so significant, but they were blind mm -hmm. to the system. Mm -hmm. They did not see it. And, 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 you know, part of that is because a lot of the new people that are indoctrinated into the quality management system of the company mm -hmm. might not, not be indoctrinated the right way or adequately, if you will. Mm -hmm. Sometimes... There's misconceptions, lack of knowledge that is passed on to the next generations of the new hires. Of the yeah, yeah, and, and they don't know, but they don't know better. That's how they were trained. I That's see. how they were trained when they first came in. Yeah. So they never could assess true risk. Yeah, yeah. So I think what I'm hearing you say is that inspection readiness is not about like an endpoint. It's a journey, and we always get better. And exactly right. Exactly. So, and it's exactly. all about it's all about our willingness and openness and confidence to be challenged and make that progress. So, I really appreciate that, Louis. Thank you. And you know, given your background at the FDA as well, this makes a lot of sense to us. All right, guys. Uh, I will take one more question from Roger. I know we are running out of time, uh, but anybody who raises their hand, even at the last minute, I invite them. So, Roger, go ahead. Please share what you have in mind. 
more of a comment and a question. Sure. And something somebody said just uh, really struck home to me about the leadership, especially quality leadership at the highest levels. Mm-hmm. I worked at companies where I thought we had good quality leadership. We all thought we did. And then I worked at companies that got into a little hot water and I saw a change in senior quality leadership. And it was a night and day difference to me and very, very eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really reflected all the way down. And in my experience, I would say that in many cases, the lower level folks, they don't get enough training because the leadership doesn't give them, and I'm, training's the wrong word, mm-hmm. that right culture because right it culture. wasn't coming down from the top. Yeah, leaders. The top. So you're my so hat right. is off to senior quality leadership. That's good. You're so right, Roger. And it's they set the tone. They set the tone and they create the right mindset about inspections. Guys, again, this has been just awesome and time flies when we are talking about topics like this. And again, the intent here is not to kind of go so deep and come out with some you know, wonderful insights that you can go and practice. Our purpose here is to acknowledge that we have these big interesting topics to talk about. So I just want to give uh, Vin a couple of minutes to collect his thoughts so he can share maybe a f- two or three key points we can take away with. But in the meantime, I'm going to just share a few housekeeping announcements with you. The first thing is, guys, this is always at 11 o'clock on Friday. So those of you who are new, you will see announcements for weekly conversations every week. But put this on your calendar. Show up at 11 o'clock Eastern if you're interested. And if you miss any of these conversations, know that I publish a recording with commentary on my Let's Talk Risk newsletter. So that's another thing I want to ask you. Go ahead and sign up. For the newsletter, you will find the link in the comment section of this event page. And guys, if you love this conversation, give a shout out. And there is a link also in the event uh, to share your thoughts and uh, experiences and feedback on this. With that, um, Vin, I want to invite you to share just two or three key takeaway points with us. Yeah, thank you so much again. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, for me, the takeaway, you know, kind of, goes to what we were talking about, about inspection readiness, really being a comprehensive program. And there's really, there, you know, someone can say there's a defined starting point, but in my opinion, there's really no defined ending point mm-hmm. because it's, it's a continuous improvement process. Um, so making sure that we're aware of the fact that we're, we may never get perfect and that's not the point. Um, you know, even, even as uh, Christopher mentioned about, about, you know, finding our problems, Regulators, they have no problem with you finding your own problems. It's really when you find those problems, do you address them comprehensively, timely, mm-hmm. and and do they not repeat, right? Those are the three key elements of, of, of making sure that you have a good, healthy quality system. And the people all underpin that, right? So the culture underpins that, uh, that culture of consistency of, of, of addressing your issues underpins that, right? There's commitment, mm-hmm. right? Just like a commitment is a New Year's resolution to quit sugar, yeah. it wanes over time. Yeah. But unless you set a consistency, you know, some sort of a of a, of a, of a consistency process, you're, you're going to fail. So having the consistency yeah. and, and realizing, and again, I, I agree with the comment about having a good comprehensive audit program, uh, making sure that there's that comfortableness of all of your employees being observed and, and having that two-way dialogue as to what they're doing. 
Yeah. Uh, it really helps. And then the culture, you know, speak up culture, making sure that pro- problems are fixed as soon as they're found. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and obviously leadership, giving them the tools to do that. Is yeah. Really like a, and again, like you said, Naveen, it's, we could talk three, three LTRs about just, yes. about just this. And right? you know, so I love the opportunity. And you know, we will. And the point here is basically to continue our conversations. We'll have many more opportunities. So guys, thanks a lot again for joining. Vin, thank you for giving us your time and your insights. Everybody who raised their hand and shared their comments and insights, thank you to all of you. Guys, have a good weekend ahead. We will see you next week once again. And I wish you all the best. Take care. Thank you.